with this audio. Anyway, hello everybody and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast episode 272 because this show is indeed uploaded as a podcast at some point. Down the line, I apologize to anyone whose ears may have been blown out at the very beginning, but for some reason, every time I transition from the intro to the live screen in OBS, it just pumps the volume out to an insane degree, and I really don't understand why that is the case. I have played around with my sound controls on my computer so many times, I honestly think that it is most likely a a Windows problem more so than an OBS problem. Yeah, there it is right there. For some reason, it adjusted the volume to 84, even though I have it set to 75. So I'm going to go ahead and readjust that real quick. That way, um, hopefully everyone's ears will not be nearly as impacted. I don't know why it changes it. There must be something happening. I don't know. It uh, drives me crazy. But anyway, thank you all very much for being here this evening. We're going to talk a little bit tonight about the Suicide Squad because I have a apparently an unpopular opinion. So much so that people are <laughs> going after me in the comments section on my recent review. Going after others as well who have any honest critical thoughts about the movie. And of course, we will also have our general movie talk discussion and also... Uh, my wife and I have discovered this new show, Taking Care of Baby Thor. It's an Australian show. So any of my Aussies out there, you may have even heard of it called Bluey. And it's just a delightful little show. Seven-minute episodes. Seven-minute episodes. And it's just it's just delightful. Anyway, thank you all very much for being here. We are streaming on YouTube, Periscope, DLive, and also over on Odyssey. So thank you again, everyone who is watching on any of those platforms. If you're watching on Odyssey, light up that fire button. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button, please. It really does mean a lot. Let's say hello to everyone who is in the chat. We got Tom uh, Toxfox. What's going on, Toxfox? Welcome back to the chat. So it's trying to sleep. Migraine killing me. Have a great stream. If I do manage to sleep and miss it, well, Toxfox, I hope that you are feeling a little bit better. And hopefully you are having a chance to uh, get some sleep tonight. Uh, we got Sandy Q in the chat. What's going on? Slicer Neon's in the chat as well. We got Father Christopher Miller. Hail to you, Father. Thank you very much for being in. Quick hi to all, he says. Thenodos Felicitas says, hello from 20 minutes ago. Well, luckily, the earlier comments don't normally fall nearly as behind, but I appreciate you being here early. Snornapoop is Cuber. Says, hello, humans and other quitters. What's going on? Thank you very much for being here. We got the Empress of the Universe, Tina B., what is going on, Empress of the Universe? She says, smash the like button on the way in. And remember, if you want my attention, make sure you put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, at Odin, unless you are a member on the YouTube channel. That is the only exception, because I can only hold so many names in my head. <laughs> and if I were to extend it out to anything else, my brain would probably explode. But anyway, if you don't want to be a member and don't want YouTube to get any money, that's fine. Just put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. There's no paywall here to have comments read aloud or questions answered to the very best of my ability, for I am just a simple man. Matthew Highland, what's going on? I, of course, also shout out people as they enter into the chat. rosieg 12 hail to you. Thanks for being back. Nico Blue, 4Key, what's going on? And 4Key, what's going on, dude? Glad to see you live in the chat, early in the chat, man. Great, great to see you. We got Soul Extraction. What's going on, good sir? Thank you for being here tonight. Rob D in the chat. What is going on? Keck44 in the chat. 
hail to you. Thank you for joining once again. We got Stephanie B. What's going on, Stephanie B? We got both Valkyrie in the house tonight. Stephanie B., thank you for being here. By the way, that does remind me, tomorrow there will be the Chosen of Valhalla live stream, unless, of course, uh, <laughs> my uh, dealing with illness gets any worse or my voice just can't quite make it. I should be okay because I've been getting better as the days have been going on. But when you have a, a child at daycare, they get everything. You get everything that they get. And so, uh, uh, fortunately, the little guy is, is, is sick. Uh, my wife, of course, very concerned, and she has a right to be. Uh, got him one of those rapid tests, and uh, you know he, he turned out negative for the COOF. So that's, of course, a blessing. At least I know that my wife is going to be very happy to hear that. i not really as worried, but I know that uh, she can sometimes get a little bit worried about those kinds of things. And luckily, he's a champ. He very much has my disposition when it comes to illness. You know, <laughs> when I get ill uh, or when I get sick, which is very rare, I'm the one that's always just like, I can keep going. I was going to mow the lawn today, but then there was rain going on and everything. Um, whereas other people in my family, when they get sick, it's like curl up into a ball, pretend like nothing else is going on in the world. So luckily, it looks like he is... Uh, following in my footsteps there because if you put him down and walk away especially when he's sick he gets even more sad and just you know crying because you're walking away and turning your back you know that's just the kind of stuff that babies do um but when you're holding him he's just like even when he's sick he's just like happy and smiling at everybody it's great but anyway um so that's the reason why i sound a little bit different or i sound a little off tonight but i, I assume that everything will be okay tomorrow but tomorrow the chosen of a hollow stream will be at 1 p.m eastern time and it should be a fun discussion. Keely Chow, what's going on? Soul Assassin in the chat. Thank you for being here. General Wingster, our pet troll. Thank you for being here, as always. Says Odin went too hard on those big bottoms. Yeah, seriously. It might sound like I went too big on the big bottoms, but in, in fact, it's just the it's just the voice not quite living up to <laughs> what, it, what it normally can be. And of course, the computer and OBS are it's either Windows or OBS just being really, really silly, and I, I don't quite understand why. Don't quite understand why it's having the issues that it's having in both situations. Whichever one it is, whether it's OBS or whether it's Windows, drives me nuts. Drives me crazy. Souls as it has not seen Suicide Squad yet. Well, I cannot protect you from uh, spoilers because even though the film has just recently come out, since it is one of those films that's available on HBO Max, which means it's also available on the high seas, uh, it's one that most people have probably seen at this point. Because even if you can't make it to a theater, it's very easy to watch it uh, in other ways. So uh, I can't really protect you from spoilers in the chat. I'm not going to put a, a spoiler-free uh, anything on the chat. Because uh, I know that as far as Tina is concerned, she hasn't seen the film, I don't believe. So they might not even, you know, my Valkyrie, as amazing as they are, they might not be able to tell what is a real spoiler and what is not. And so, therefore, it's just not going to really be in the cars tonight anyway. And... So I uh, can't, can't protect you from that. I will try my very best to either avoid spoilers or at the very least let you know if I'm about to talk about a spoiler point. But just keep in mind that sometimes people put those types of things in comments and I don't catch them right away and they might be said out loud. So um, if you really care that much, and I'm just going to be honest, you really shouldn't. Uh, nothing in the film, if you knew about beforehand, would really ruin the film in any way because the film kind of already does that to itself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm getting so much hell, because I, I just don't think the film is good. And uh, I, I guess that's where I can kind of start off, is talking just about the basic premise of why I, I don't think the film is very good. Remember, and you've been if you've been watching me for a long time, you've already, you always know that this is the way I approach films. I believe 
that there is an objective reality and that there is a subjective view. Subjective view means it's opinion stuff, right? So you all know I'm very nitpicky when it comes to things like CGI. And so therefore, um, I will always be upfront about that. And I always say this is one of the biases that I have, or you know that I'm very much fond of, especially more recently, since I've kind of, you know, dove further into it. I'm a pretty big fan of a lot of, you know, samurai type films, swordplay type films, um, especially diving further into like the Zatoichi franchise, for instance. And so I kind of have like a bias towards that. Also, anything that deals with King Arthur or, uh, you know, Arthurian legends and, uh, you know, knights and anything dealing with like Middle Ages stuff with knights and kings and stuff. I've always just been very drawn to those things and I always try to if there's ever a film that kind of fits that criteria make it very clear by the way I I do have these biases so there's this subjective view that all of us have right all of us experience movies uh, you know television everything we experience all things in different ways no one person is the same no one person's going to see the same thing in the same way however there is still an objective reality objective truth still exists The greatest way I can really explain this, so I'm not going to go into the film just yet, but the best way that I can really explain this is there's a great film (laughs) called The Room with Tommy Wiseau. Now, I say a great film. Objectively speaking, the movie is terrible. No one in their right mind, no one worth their salt, no one with any concept of filmmaking, even if you have very limited knowledge of how a film is made, is going to look at that movie and say it's an objectively good film. There's, There's no way. Because that is just not true. It's an objectively bad movie. It's very clear that it's an objectively bad film. Subjectively, however, I love it. And many other people do too. It's it's interesting. It's probably one of the most... It's probably one of the objectively worst films ever made. And yet, the vast majority of people who watch it love it. Not everyone, by the way. Not, not everyone likes it. But it's, again, it's an objectively bad film. And that cannot be denied. Games Repository, I, I see that live comment, dude, but it's that's not accurate. That is not correct. You cannot tell me that anyone can justify The Room being an objectively good film. It's just not. You look at any of the key elements like filmmaking, editing, pacing, writing, acting, all of them go out the door. And the typical mindset that people bring up is to try and say, well, it's just like art. Here's the problem, though. Even though art is very much a subjective idea, you know, what people are liking, art still has rules, art still has things that it follows, and therefore there is still an objective quality and an objective reality to those things. To deny the objective reality of the world is to fall away, I think, and really put yourself in a position where you might even fall into chaos. Because if everything is subjective and there is no objective reality, and this is not just in films, but in anything... If there is no objective reality, then there is no truth. And if there is no truth, I mean, <laughs> go, go down that rabbit hole and it's, you'll fall very, very far. Very, very, very far. Anyway, uh, let's see. Rob D. So just kind of give that little premise about how I view objective and subjective because there is a difference. There is a big difference between the two. Uh, Rob D says, hey, Odin, my sister saw Suicide Squad with friends last night, and she hated it, although she's not a comics person. And I've always said this, and I've made very clear, I'm not a comics person either. I don't really have a rich history or knowledge of the comics, but I am someone that has not only been watching films, you know, consistently. You know, when I was in high school, I was going every weekend to see a film two, three times or two, three different films um, in, in the same weekend. 
But also, too, when I went to college, my you know undergrad degree is in film criticism. Now, that does not make me, by the way, does not make me better than you, does not make me better than anyone else, does not make me right than any more right than anyone else either. But what it does mean is that there are indeed these objective qualities that I have been able to look at and study, and it influences the way that I look at movies. Now, that does not mean that I cannot turn off my brain, does not mean that I can't enjoy popcorn films, because guess what? I, I have been able to do that. But you still have to be able to look at the films. And I've, I've said this consistently as well. If we could at least start with the premise with a lot of the films that there tends to be a lot of division on, if we can at least start with the premise that the film is objectively flawed and you just happen to like it and I just happen to not like it, we can at least have a discussion. We could at the very least have a discussion at that point. But if we disagree on core principles, if we disagree on what objective reality is, well, then we can't have a discussion. There's no way to have a discussion. You need to have an agreement on basic principles before you can ever have a discussion. Because if you don't agree on those basic principles, there's no point. Because at that point, one one person speaking up here, the other person speaking down there, and you're always going to miss each other. That there's no way that conversation can happen. Whereas if you have this position and then this position, and it's coming from the same mindset where, again, the same acceptance of the basic principles, now you're clashing, right? You're still disagreeing with each other, but you're on the same level. You're on the same playing field, right? And I think hopefully that makes a little bit more sense. Um, again, going back into what I was mentioning beforehand. And I, I think that it's going to be something, this film especially is going to be a film that is going to be divisive. Because even though I will agree like, I admit this point very much. Most people who see this film are probably going to like it. Most people who see this film are probably going to like it. And again, I can understand why. There are certain things in this film that are going to appeal to a lot of people. There, there, there's no denial of that. However, that does not make it a good film. We've said this before, right? The amount of money a film makes does not mean it's a good movie. The amount of people that like a movie does not make it a good movie. And I think it's very important for us to, at the very least, have that proper understanding before going any further, because otherwise you can't have a discussion, really. Uh, Kelly Chow says, thank you very much. Thank you for being here. Evan asks, what's going on? Thank you for being in the chat. Dominic the Writer, hail to you. Here in the Steadfast in the chat as well. Waiting for Odin, not waiting tonight. Laura, thank you very much for stopping by. Appreciate it. Thank you again. Uh, it is 7.03 in the chat, by the way, so I'm 10 minutes behind, right on schedule. Uh, Matthew Highland tagged and said, My local Alamo Draft House is opening back up soon. I'm so excited. Dude, awesome. That's, that's fantastic. I've heard great things about it. I've never been to an Alamo Draft House, but I've heard great things, especially since I believe what you have to be at least 18 or at least 21 to get into the theater because of the fact that there is a bar present, uh, which, again, I think is awesome because it definitely helps if you want to go see a film without uh, the distractions of, of kids and children running around. And then I think also they're very strict or more strict than other theaters are about cell phone use during a film, which is also great. Super says, hey, what is up, my dude? Can't stick around tonight. Out to dinner with my family. Still want to say hi and drop a like, though. Have a great stream. Well, thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, thanks for the like because, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I remember there was... Um, what's his name? I think it's Tyrone Magnus. Uh, he's a YouTuber. He's got over a million subscribers. He also, he put a three-minute review of Suicide Squad. He didn't like it. And the dude just got so much hate in, in the comments. And then he did a live stream. And then he just got, he got like, I think it was 1,500 likes and then almost 700 dislikes. And he was trying in the live stream just to explain why he didn't like the film. 
And it's just crazy to me. And I, I found this to be very consistent, not just with DCEU fans, by the way. MCU fans are guilty of this as well. I remember when I was one of the only voices being critical of Endgame. Because if you wind back the clock, most people talking about that film were very positive, liked it, uh, said it was an objectively great film. And I was one of the only voices saying, no, this this film has so many problems and issues that it, I, I could not enjoy it because of those flaws and of those issues. I got destroyed by MCU fans. MCU fans went after me really, really hard. But DCU fans do the same thing as well. And it's really sad that a lot of people just can't accept one, objective truth, but then also, two, differing opinions. Because I respect anyone who likes this film. I think anyone that enjoys this film or finds enjoyment in the film, again, that's your subjective experience. I can't judge that. I cannot take that away from you. Um, and, and it's just interesting to me how, you know, it doesn't work in the other direction. Or, like, they'll go after me just for bringing up objectivity and say, oh, you're just being... Uh, Oh, there was a comment that tried to really go after me uh, today. I posted on Twitter where they were trying to say, you know, you're just a, 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 you're a snob. It should be called Odin snob blog. It's like, well, first off, it's OMB reviews now. <laughs> but also, second, it's just, it, no, it's nothing snob about it. It's just, I'm just being honest. I'm just trying to be honest. I've never not, I've never tried not to be anything else. Because I, I guarantee you I lost people. When I was critical of Endgame, I guarantee you that there are probably people that are going to leave because of my views of Suicide Squad. I'm not doing it to get views. I'm not doing it to get follows or anything like that. I'm not just being contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. It's what I honestly think. And it's what I know in the case of, you know, again, these very subjective elements that one cannot deny. Orange Eye Views, welcome back to the chat. Rome is falling. Welcome back. Uh, Evan S., what's going on, dude? He tagged to say, which should I have for dinner tonight? Pizza or a haggis or haggis sandwich, uh, pizza, dude. I don't know. I, I have never had haggis myself. Uh, it just doesn't sound good. Nothing about the description of that meal sounds good. Uh, Slicer says, I prefer Puffin Rock. Irish accents are just adorable, and animation is beautiful as are Valks. Oh, nice. I've never heard of that one before. I've not heard of that one before. Ray Targaryen, what's going on? Welcome back. Hamilton Berger, what's going on, dude? Says, I take it you aren't a fan of the Suicide Squad and weren't one of the Suicide Squad or weren't one of Suicide Squad. What would it take to make Suicide Squad uh, a film that you might like? Um, I, I think that what would have fixed or what would have made the film a little bit more palatable objectively would just, again, if the film was better made. I think that there are just so many other issues going on in the chats about to jump on me. So I won't linger on it too much for now until I catch up and have a little bit of breathing room. But it really comes down to it needing to be a movie that that really should have taken more time. Like there were even audio issues in the film. There was a part where they showed a couple talking. The issue was their mouths weren't moving. And it wasn't like just a quick little thing. It was like they were on them for a couple seconds, which in a film is is a long time. And I was like, their mouth aren't even moving. So even small issues like that, it looked like the film was just rushed to be put together. And it's really sad uh, to see that happen to any film. Chubman Rising says, time for a disagreement. You're, of course, allowed to have an opinion that Suicide Squad is a bad movie. I'll take up arms to the fact that you would call it, uh, that you would call it boring. Well, again, it was boring for, again, it was boring for me. That is, that is subjective. It was boring for me. Um, uh, but again, you can enjoy the film all you want. I, again, I can't take that away from you. I cannot take that away from you. But it's again, there are objective flaws to the film and that impacted my subjective experience. Hopefully that wording makes a little bit more sense there. 
Rowdy says, have you ever seen Gangster Squad? I watched it again for the first time since it first came out about 10 years ago. Great movie, a lot of shooting. Yeah, isn't that the one with uh, Sean Penn with, in a lot of makeup? I don't remember liking that movie because the visual effects were not very good and his makeup was quite distracting, if my memory serves me correct. Jonah Wingster says, so Odin, the one time I'm not watching Friday Night Tights, you go on a rant? How dare you? Dude, I went on two rants. I went on two rants. Only one of them was... Uh, controversial and not agreed upon, you know, or not in line with everyone else's thought process. Whereas the other one, it was when we were all on the same page and when we were talking about uh, the amazing person who runs a Star Wars shop up in Washington, uh, standing up to the identity politics police. Soul Assassin, thanks for waving. Uh, See, Slicer Neons says, I wish I could have Stallone's performance in isolation. Only part of that mess is redeemable to me. Dude, I agree, man. King Shark was so freaking great. Yeah. Um, again, yeah. I think that again, there are a lot of things that people might not like about it, but the only thing that for me I found enjoyable consistently, consistently was King Shark. That was the only thing that I that I found myself enjoying throughout the movie because it was just so hilarious to me that there's this giant shark and it's being voiced by Rocky Bal- Rocky Balboa. I think that's freaking hilarious that Stallone was voicing that character. I thought it was great. Orange Hour Views coming in with the hot takes with the with the spoilers here. Margot Robbie is in it. Boom. Spoiler. Orange Hour Views then also gives another spoiler. King Shark is a shark. Boom. There it is. Uh, Hamilton Berger says, spoiler, John Cena used to be a professional wrestler. And basically, that is the level of the spoilers that I could give for this movie. It, it would have no impact. And you'd even be like, wait, what? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> All right, then I have this Felicitas tag to say, I would rather rewatch Sharknado. At least it was a fun ride. And here's the other thing, too, right? Sharknado is a film that, again, anyone with anyone with any knowledge of film would say, that's an objectively bad movie, but a lot of people enjoy it. I didn't. That's actually one of the, the best, worst films that's oftentimes in the... It's always consistently in the list of best, worst movies. That's one where, for me, I did not subjectively enjoy that film. It, it, was, it was too bad. <laughs> like, there's some films that are so bad they're funny... Uh, <laughs> for me, you know, anything I've ever seen, I've, I've only seen the first one all the way through, um, Sharknado, but yeah, not, not, not a fan personally. Uh, Bruce, glad, glad that you're enjoying it. Uh, you're, Hey, guess what? Guess who else has seen it multiple times and who really likes it? Alex McCarthy. If you're a person that's been following this channel for a long time, you know, uh, that, that already kind of puts you in a bad position. So much, much love to Alex McCarthy, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Wait, Laura says, I'm sending you Excalibur because I think you would like it, except for the sexy scenes. Okay, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the warning uh, as well, Laura. Thank you for sending that my way. Yeah, someone else had recommended a film that uh, was kind of intrigued me when they explained it a little bit. And I just picked it up, um, got in today. It's called The Swordsman. Let me know if you've seen this. It's a film that came out last year. It's about a uh, basically a, a warrior who gets blinded. Uh, so it's not it's not a retelling of Zatoichi by any means, but it's a Korean film, actually. It's interesting for it to be a Korean film dealing with this topic. So I'm actually pretty excited. Pretty excited. Let's see. Uh, Bifford Hobbit tagged to say, James Gunn secretly made a SpongeBob SquarePants movie, but named it The Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh, man. I, I would much rather have, have watched that. I probably would have had more fun. <laughs> Kaylee D, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Sandy Q, yeah, concept might have been the word that, that would have been proper for it. 
Let's see, Evan S. says, watch Beckett. There is only one bad close-up scene when O'Toole and Burden riding on the horse. The film is golden. Nice, yeah. It's a film that I have, and it's in my server, and I definitely plan to watch it at some point. It's been a little bit more difficult for me to watch more movies more consistently uh, because of uh, school starting back up. Because last week, we had meetings all week, so that made it a little more difficult. And yeah, Monday, I we actually start full, like full force. We start on Monday. Start back on full force on Monday, so... And that's why I can't go to Vegas, unfortunately. Uh, Michael Hickson, yeah, we got philosophical, but it is it's it is a philosophical premise, though. Like object objectivity versus subjectivity, that is phil- that is that is philosophy. So it's it's kind of hard not to go philosophical on that one. Uh, General Wingster says, "Odin, you're object you're objectively bald in my opinion." Exactly, General Wingster. Thank you, thank you. So yeah, that's another great example, right? And you can look at film the same way. Objectively speaking, I am bald. Objectively speaking, that that is a fact. You cannot change that. Whether you like it or not, that is your subjective opinion. So we look at film in the same way, too. There are objective qualities in film, and they can either be good or they can be bad. Whether you care about that or whether you enjoy the finished product, that is totally up to you. Let's see. uh, Matthew Highland. Tag to say, thoughts on the House of Gucci trailer? I think everything looks good outside of Lady Gaga. Do you not think she's a good actress? Yeah, I mean, I actually didn't mind her in uh, A Star is Born, the remake. I I thought that the chemistry, especially between uh, her and... Um, I'm blanking anyway, but the, the director and the lead in the film. I thought that it was actually a pretty good chemistry between them. I actually really liked the music as well in the film, especially like the lead, uh, the, the main song I thought was very well written too. Um... But I, I want to say I've seen the trailer for it. I forgot who's playing who's playing the the, the male lead in that. But I want to say I saw that trailer. There was a couple of trailers that I've seen that actually that that have me uh, pretty excited, uh, which isn't which is really cool to see. There's a couple of indie films, by the way, a film I really want to watch this weekend. I don't know if anyone has seen it or heard about it. I had heard about it a while ago and then forgotten about it until I got uh, reminded of it on, on Amazon. There's a new documentary called Val, and it's Val Kilmer. Uh, who has filmed himself and, and done a lot of uh, personal filming for like years. And so it's a documentary basically like about his life. Bradley Cooper here in uh, it's, it's Thank you very much. Yeah, for a star is born. It was Bradley Cooper. Thank you. But anyway, the movie Val, I'm, I really want to watch it. I really want to watch it because I, I think Val Kilmer's career is fascinating. I think that he's, he's a very fascinating human being. And I really want to find out more, especially I want to find out because I don't know a whole lot about what has happened to him recently. I know that there's been some health stuff going on, but I imagine that the film's going to go into that a little bit. But yeah, uh, I, I want to look. I want to see that film so bad. Uh, by the way, uh, Yame uh, Quinta, I, I hopefully I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly. Thank you very much for that Canadian $10 super chat. Um, he says, and I'm going to highlight this when it comes up in the chat as well. But I, I just wanted I saw that you were in the live chat still. Uh, it says here, I did not like the movie, talking here about Suicide Squad, I did not like Gunn taking a stand against Gina, but I do like your stream. Well, thank you, uh, Kintai. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate that, man. And thank you for that super chat. And yeah, uh, again, I think that uh, that is something I can admit, right? There is definitely going to be parts of this film that subjectively I dislike more because of the people involved. 
For instance, John Cena. I, I think that John C- Cena is despicable. I've not liked him for a long time as well. I'm going to make that very clear. And if you followed me for a while, you already know that because you know that I watched wrestling for years. In fact, I finally got back into wrestling, guys. Alex McCarthy, you might be excited about this. I, I'm starting to watch AEW again because last night I was told that apparently uh, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are going to be joining AEW because... Uh, apparently uh, Punk just finally decided that AEW is going to be the company it starts going on. And then uh, apparently also uh, Daniel Bryan's contract expired or is expiring as well, uh, which is just insane to me. But anyway, so <laughs> I'll stop the wrestling talk. But anyway, John Cena, I've not liked him since his wrestling days because he was never a good wrestler. He was never a really good actor. He's still not a very good actor either. And he also shilled for the Communist Party of China. And it's one of those things where that is something that ticks me off. That That is something that ticks me off for sure. But at the same time, I can also say and talk about things in objective standard as well. But I always like to have that caveat out there just in case anyone wants to know. Because I don't, I don't want to hide any potential things that could have, um, you know, that could have an impact on the way that I view a film. Let's see. Uh, Michael Hickson says, I just want to talk about the show off issue with Peacemaker and Bloodsport because the scene killed it for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of people really liked that scene. I just didn't find it funny. The way that it was shot was not comedic. I know that some people may have thought the concept was funny. And again, that that's subjective. But the way it was filmed was not the best way to film a, a comedic sequence. You know, there, there could have been a change in music. There could have been a change in the way that the, the, the you know, the scene was being shown. But and then that's one of the issue, issues that I had with the film was that the movie really did feel like it was so many different genres all clashing. There's sometimes times when there are a clash of genres that works really well because the director or writer is able to really just tie them all together really well. This was just not one of them. You really felt you really felt from time to time that it was just different emotions and different concepts just fighting each other consistently and it was not and, that, and that's one of the things that did not make it fun. Uh, Rosie 12 who's a member, says, I love Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is an absolute terrible film, but fun to watch. Exactly. Boom. There it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Force of Light Entertainment, what's going on? Thank you for being in the chat. Uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, if you are a fan of Force of Light Entertainment, they have a video coming out tomorrow, and somebody tells me that, that they might need some, some love and support. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Uh, Rav D says, have you seen any new film trailers? I watched a trailer for The Last Duel. It looks pretty interesting. Um, so when I was in the theater, I, I did see there were a couple of films that I watched that I did find interesting. Let me see. I think I made notes of like once I was like, oh, that kind of looks kind of that looks kind of cool. Um, yeah. So there was an indie film called Last Night in Soho that I actually thought was it looked pretty interesting. It's an indie film, so I think if anyone goes out to watch the trailer based on my recommendation, you you might not be like, oh, but there was like the actors that were involved in it and the concept. I, I I just it was very intriguing to me. I'm I'm very much drawn to what was being presented. So uh, I got a couple more super chats. Thank y'all very much. I appreciate it. I'm gonna try and get through some comments so I don't fall too far behind, and I will give you all the attention that you deserve. Uh, Sony B says, well, whoo, that escalated quickly. That really went downhill fast. Brick killed a guy. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for quoting from Anchorman. With a trident. <laughs> so good. Derek McManus, what's going on, man? Welcome back. Appreciate it. 
Uh, yeah, Tyrone is cool for sure. And he's getting a lot of hate. He's getting a lot of hate. Just for having an opinion. See, Evan S. says, David Collins said the same thing about Endgame when the movie came out. Yeah, again, I, I'm not, I was definitely not the only person, but I was one of the few that was calling that out early on. Um, and I, I know that he probably got a lot of hate for it too. Let's see. Uh, Laura says, I feel like the subverted expectations trick wasn't used well in Suicide Squad because it was overused. I agree. That's actually a really good take, I would say, Laura, is that the film is constantly trying to subvert your expectations and it does it so much that it just becomes boring and actually, it ends up making it predictable in a lot of ways. Like, it ends up making a lot of those things predictable. And I I mentioned this in my review as well, that when I saw the movie, the only part that I really genuinely found entertaining was the scene when they forgot that the the bus driver had been with them all along. And they're, they're like, oh, who is this guy? Who is this guy? What was his name? Like, that was the only thing that was funny. The issue, though, is that that joke's been done countless times beforehand. So when the only joke that that makes me laugh and, and, and that I find entertaining is a joke that's been done before and therefore isn't even original... That, that kind of spells problems. You know, that, that kind of spelled some problems for me uh, pretty early on, I would say. Not early on, because that was towards the end of the movie. But uh, Michael Hickson says, Bro, I'm on board to dunk on Endgame all day and night. Time travel and every character was undone. Thanos' motivation was crap. Boom. Oh, dude, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I, I am always down. But my Valks get very upset whenever I start going off on my Endgame tangents because um, <laughs> it happens a lot. It happens a lot. I've talked about time travel so much uh, because of that. Griffin Turbo, what's going on? Mr. Roy, what's going on? Thank you very much. Uh, how am I being a snob? Chubbin Rising, you're better than that, dude. You are so much better than that. Come on. <laughs> don't, don't agree with the troll. <laughs> but no, it, it's not being a snob at all. It's, it's stating an objective fact. If, if stating objective fact and objective reality makes you a snob, then, I mean, think about the world that we live in at that point. Anyway. Uh, let's see. Snorapupus Cuber, who is a member, says, I had haggis once. It was actually rather tasty. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that the description of it, if anyone actually ever looks it up, you you find out very, very quickly of, oh, yeah, there, there's some issues here. There are some issues here. Uh, Games Repository, who had disagreed with me earlier on the concept of objective and, re- uh, and subjective, he says, I just know I don't want to watch Suicide Squad because it objectively, subjectively doesn't sound like my kind of movie. I hate uh, CG gore. I prefer practical. Oh, I agree with you there. No, that that's subjective. That is subjective because that's a preference that you have. So that makes it a subjective thought. But no, I, I think that that's a very fair reason to not want to go see the film. Orange Reviews says, Odin Haggis is acquired taste, but it will definitely put hair on your tuckus. <laughs> I just like the way you put said hair on your tuckus. <laughs> Rob D. Uh, mutton, haggis, and harkin, I hear, are the three things you eat when you just absolutely hate yourself. <laughs> Apologies to any of the Scottish people that might be watching in the chat. <laughs> Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington, what's going on, dude? Says bloody violence was great in the film. And and that's where I would agree sometimes. There were there were times when I thought the violence was was pretty well well done, uh, where it didn't 
come across as being overly CG as uh, Games Repository had brought up. But then there were other times where it really did, I think, fall way too much into the artificially fake territory. Um, you know, there's one scene where this guy is beheaded and they have a close-up of his face. And I was just like, ooh, I don't know, that, that just doesn't look good. All righty. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you smash that like button. Rosie G12 says, but Odin, even your rants are polite. Yeah, isn't it amazing that a rant can be done without cursing? <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's slightly a lost art form. I feel like there's so many people when they rant, it's like they feel like they have to curse to get their point across. But it's like, you don't have to. You could still get it out there. Uh, Kongzilla, welcome to the chat. Thank you for being here. Um... Oh my goodness, uh, a soul extraction, I hope your mother is okay, I, again, sometimes with it, within text, the, the uh, context is not always there, but if that is true, if your mom is actually having a stroke, I, I hope that your mother is okay, I hope you're okay, um, and I will definitely keep your mom and your family in my prayers, that is awful, uh, it's never really happened on the stream where someone's had a family emergency like that before. So soul extraction, dude, I'm very sorry to hear that. And I'll be praying for you, man. I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's awful. Now I feel bad. Let's see. Um, Slice of Neons says, uh, Puffin Rock on Netflix, same company as Secret of Kells show baby Thor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, Secret of Kells, that company, I forget the company's name. I do think that they're not my favorite movie. I tried, they had a recent film that came out last year, I think. And it, it was very, I, I ended up stopped watching it because I just, I couldn't get into it. Their animation's beautiful, but their stories are not always edge of your seat. Orange Reviews says, uh, I saw The Prestige finally. Gotta say it's refreshing to see a movie where I can't predict the twist. Nolan does some great work. Oh yeah, I agree. Uh, Prestige is a great example of a great film. Uh, Laura says, spoiler, tidy whities yes. Everyone loves that tidy whities scene. I'm just like, it's a guy standing in his tidy whities I, I don't get it. I I don't get the appeal. That's Again, that's that's subjective on my part. C.W. Trixie says, getting through Sharknado was very easy. Barely, barely an inconvenience. I see what you did there, C.W. Trixie. <laughs> There he is, the legend, Alex McCarthy, says, Howdy, old, and hope you and Thor get well soon. I'm sick myself, got the jab, and feel like crap. Love Suicide Squad wasn't the best. Now back to sleep. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw your comment on the review, Alex. Hope you feel better, dude. Yeah, isn't it interesting? Get the jab, and then you feel bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm used to, like, you know, if you get a flu shot or something like that, and there's pain. But, yeah, there's people who, like, have been laid out. It's like... That doesn't sound... I, I don't know of... And maybe, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I don't know of any other vaccine that does that. I don't know of any other vaccine that does that. That, that to me, kind of already sends off a red flag of what is going on here. Anyway. Uh, Laura says, I guess I'm going to have to check out Tina's Letterboxd to find some good classic movies to watch because there isn't much out right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I've mentioned beforehand that the one film I would recommend, not for everyone, because it's definitely not for everybody... Uh, but The Green Knight, um, if you want to see a really good take on it, I would say look at Josiah Rises. Shout out to Josiah Rises. Um, he gives a really great review of that film. And I think that it's a very it's a very honest review, and I think it's also a, a very good take as well. 
Let's see. Uh, Michael Hickson says, just finished Val. Very interesting. Okay, cool. Glad to hear that. Yeah, I really, uh, really want to watch that. Uh, Tina says, I wrote my review for Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in America. His children worked with Scorsese to find other missing scenes. I'll talk about it tomorrow. Ooh, nice. Very cool. Gary Banjo Sandwich says he saw Val. He says, Val was in tears for him. He is a icon, good documentary. Oh, oh, so you were in tears. Oh, damn, dude. Yeah. No, I, it just, I, I think that there's going to be a moment for sure where that could potentially happen for me as well. Because everything I know about him, he just seems like a very, he just seems like a very genuine person. Like when I saw that this was a documentary and a lot of it was from his own film, I didn't think of it as like an ego trip. Especially when you look at what's going on with him health wise, it's like it almost seems like this is his way of trying to uh, speak. You know, it's, it's it's like his way of trying to explain you know how he's feeling and, and where he is because I don't know how well he can really do that right now. Because again, I know that there's been some a lot of medical stuff going on. Uh, let's see. Uh, Michael Hickson says, "Yeah, Val's health issues have been extensive, and you'll see for yourself." Yeah, and and that's one of the reasons why you know I know that a lot of you might know what's going on, but I kind of want to even wait to see the documentary just to see it fold out in that. He Man Gaming, what's going on? Thanks for being here. All right, here are the super chats again. Apologies for making y'all wait, but a huge shout out to Fiat uh, Justitia. Thank you very much for the twenty dollars super chat. It says, I have no real desire to see Suicide Squad. The trailers didn't do it any favors. I just can't motivate myself to see it. Would really like to know what you think of Riders of Justice with Mads Mikkelsen. I really enjoyed it. I've not seen Riders of Justice, so I, I can't speak to that one. But yeah, I think that is something that a lot of people are feeling. It's interesting how many comments on my video were mentioning how it was people who didn't even have an opinion on the film. They just knew they didn't want to watch it. They just knew that they didn't want to even go see it. For a, a wide variety of reasons. For some, it was because of, of, of John Cena and his crazy pro-China uh, propaganda. For others, it was because of James Gunn. A lot of people don't like James Gunn. And I, again, I can totally understand that concept for sure. Um, you know, I, I have issues with James Gunn. I, and I know a lot of people will stand up for him and, and the so-called jokes he made years ago. And even though I understand the concept of, because I, I fully support, you know, not canceling someone over words and things they said years and years ago, like digging up stuff on their past. I don't like that in any way, but I, there's some things where you're like, okay, clearly I can understand that this is a joke and maybe it's just not my taste. There's just some things that, you know, and again, this is, this is to me where it, this is where I think the line of subject subjectivity and objectivity really become a little bit more blurred. And that's when you start to make jokes about children and people who abuse children. I, I, I think that's a line. I, I think that's a line that is something that should not be crossed. And I do think that there might, there might even be some objective elements to that. But anyway, uh, yeah, thank you very much for that super chat. And I agree. I, I can totally understand. Commenting is dangerous. Keep on hating. Talk if you're talking about me. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna dislike a bad movie. Sorry. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, I, I, again, happy, I'm happy that you had fun with it. Uh, here in the steadfast, thank you for the five five Canadian dollars. That's a super chat, man. My voice. Uh, he says, I really enjoyed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. Dude, yes, great film, great Shane Black film. Also, if you know who Shane Black is, if you've seen the work he's done. It's a great Shane Black film. Very much his style. And yeah, I think Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer work really well together, have great chemistry in that film, for sure. Uh, Michael 
Michael Pate, what's going on? Thanks for being in the chat. Appreciate it. Um, all right. Thanos Felicitas, what's going on? Says comedy requires timing. You can edit a scene that destroys the comedy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and obviously there is an element of comedy that can absolutely be very much subjective. There's no doubt about it. All right, I'm gonna head over to Odyssey for a second. I already got ooh, I got one splat over there. Someone doesn't like. Um <laughs> someone doesn't like my my uh take, I guess. Uh, but anyway, two of you, thank you for being in the chat. Uh, Jacques Lesoir, thank you for tagging me, says, you think Gunn uh, is a little too much style over substance? A lot of it felt kind of hollow to me and like it was gimmicky for the sake of it, trying too hard to be hip for the cool kids. No, I think, that's, I think that is a fair assessment. Kind of it goes in line with what Laura had said about it was almost like trying to subvert expectations just for the sake of it and doing it so much that it ends up just losing its effect. And uh, again, in a lot of ways, makes a lot of things very predictable which is not a good thing you want in, in a movie like that as well. Uh, Jacques Lesoff says, also, uh, he, he also says, also, I effing hate the name. Can we please just call it Suicide Squad 2? I see what they're trying to do there. I'm on to them. No, no, seriously. I, I think that that is something that is not talked about enough is the naming scheme as well. You know, the fact that it was called, you know, uh, oh, Suicide Squad versus the Suicide Squad. And it's still clearly a sequel. Because you have the same actors playing the same characters in a few cases. So there's no denial that this is a, a continuation. But then also it's trying to play itself as, as it's also kind of trying to be this reboot. And that kind of goes into the issue that I, I found in the movie of it felt like there were so many different stories being told. And there were just elements and genres that were fighting each other. Because at the end of the day, a sequel is not the same as a reboot. And if you're going to try and play both sides of the fence on that, it's going to cause problems. It's going to cause a lot of issues. And I think that that probably is another one of the th reasons why this film has a lot of flaws in it. Because in the writing, they were trying to make it where it was in some ways a sequel, but then in other ways a reboot. And trying to toe that line when clearly the only way you can look at it is as a sequel. And again, I think it, I think it ends up making a lot of a lot of things make a lot more sense as to why there were so many issues, for sure. Uh, Huron, the Steadfast, thank you for another super chat. Says, Van Helsing is a cheesy movie and very silly, but it's one of my favorites. Yeah, exactly. Van Helsing is an objectively bad film. Some of the worst CGI as well. Like, that, that CGI was bad when it came out. It's even worse when you watch it back. But that is a lot of fun. That, that, it's a movie that is a lot of fun. So, yeah, I very much subjectively enjoy that film, for sure. But yeah, thank you again for that. That's a super chat. Appreciate it. All right. Let's see where I left off in the chat. Okay. She was talking to somebody else. Um, there we go. Eric Zod. Thank you. There's the other super chat. Thank you for the $2 Sasa super chat. Says, please review Psycho Gorman and the Swordsman. I don't know much about Psycho Gorman. Um, I remember it was Eric. Yeah, Eric Zod. I think you were the one who had recommended to me the Swordsman. So I did end up picking that up because I was intrigued. I was very much intrigued by your explanation. And when I looked it up for myself, I said, oh, there's usually some pretty good films that come out of Korea. So, and it is very much in my wheelhouse as far as films that I typically enjoy. So, I don't remember Psycho Gorman being brought up, though, or what that is about. But anyway, thank you very much for that super chat. I appreciate it. Uh, Tita V says, we never saw Endgame. But yeah, the time travel stuff makes us drink harder. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's more so going into the explanations of why there's problems with it. So, yeah, for sure. 
Uh, John the Marshall, what's going on? I agree, dude. I'm not going to put that up because I was able to tell that that was a spoiler uh, right away. And I, again, I, I, I'm going to try to be as respectful of people as I can. Um, but again, obviously, I do very much believe that it's a movie that really, if you go in knowing anything about the ending or what, what happens, it's not going to really ruin it because I think that, again, I think the film kind of does that for itself. Um, but no, I agree. I think the way that the film ended, especially with the, the villain, was not good. And again, it kind of goes back to what Laura was saying. It was a huge subversion of expectations, but it was also one where you start to realize, oh man, this 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 really kind of I think exposes the so like the so many flaws that exist within the storytelling, especially when they establish other characters and the powers that they have, and just how powerful they are, and how those powers are not used conveniently at times when they could have been used. It, it, it's just one of those things where I mentioned in my review and I, it's in the, it's in like the spoiler section of my review and it just drove me crazy. Cause I'm like, okay, there's a clear moment when this action could have been done that could have ended everything. And instead it wasn't done. And now it's clear as to why it was because, Oh, it was just because it couldn't happen then because it, it had to not happen so that we could get to this point instead. Yeah. It just wasn't very well, well done. Well, what just wasn't very well written. Let's see. Uh, and blazing. 64 says, I did find that Endgame fell flat after how great Infinity War was. Oh, yeah. If you put Endgame and Infinity War side by side, you have on the one hand a very well-made, well-crafted, objectively well-made film. And then on the other, you have just a giant objective mess. And obviously, people are going to have different subjective opinions about it. But I, I think that it is one thing that a lot of people can kind of put next to each other and say, okay, I can kind of see the issues going on. Uh, J.M. Cruz, what's going on, dude? Thank you for being in the chat. Welcome back. Andrew Hoyle, who's a member. What's going on, dude? Says, Haggis is delicious with nips and toddies. Oh, Lord. That just sounds dirty. <laughs> You're in the steadfast tag to say, everything can be done without cursing. Oh, I agree. I agree. And I think that a lot of people... And that was another issue that I saw some people bring up. And I didn't even bring it up in my review. I could have gone there. There is an entire moral argument that can be made <laughs> in... uh and being critical of the Suicide Squad. Because I, I think that there are a lot of scenes that happen in the film where you're like, that didn't need to happen. And it was just gratuitous. And I, again, okay, I mentioned the word gratuitous. Oh, that's the whole point. There are films that are supposed to be just gratuitous nonsense. Okay. Okay. And I will grant you that. And there might be some things out there and some films out there that even I might find entertaining that, that kind of fall into that line. But there is a line. There is a line where gratuitous violence is done well and when it's not done well when gratuitous language is done well and when it's not done well. I think a great example of that would be a film like The Wolf of Wall Street. The Wolf of Wall Street is a great example of a film that has way too much cursing, way too much nudity, way too much of almost everything from a moral standard, and yet it's a well-done, well-made, well-written, well-crafted, well-acted film. And so even though I had those subjective issues as I was watching too, as I was watching that movie... I still was enjoying the film because of how well made it was and how well put together it was. I think that might be a good example of people who think, because I've heard this too, someone once said, you're just a prude. It's like, oh, I'm a prude that happened to like a film that I believe had the record for the most F-bombs or something like that. So it's like, you, you it's really hard to, to make certain comments and to make certain arguments against me in that, in that capacity when it's like, okay, no, I, I always admit that when it comes to these moral issues, that they do have an impact on the way that I, I, I you know, I, I subjectively enjoy or not enjoy a movie. 
But if a movie is good, if it is an objectively great film, it it can surpass those things. And this is a movie that, to me, relies on those elements because it doesn't have anything else to rely on. It doesn't have a tight, good, consistent story to, to rely on. It doesn't have solid direction. It doesn't have solid editing or pacing. It's just an overbloated mess. So it, it just does not have the elements that could save it with those elements. It's almost like James Gunn was relying. It was like a film or it felt like it was relying on those moments. It was relying on the language. It was relying on all of those issues and all those various problems that a lot of people are having again, from a moral standpoint to try and make up for the lack of everything else it had. And I think that that to me really is something worth mentioning and worth talking about. So, all right. Let's see. Snort Poop is Cuber. Says, the more you yell and curse, the quicker people tune you out. Having said that, the bear does have a ferocious temper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, there, there are going to be times and moments when you get angry and frustrated, right? And even though it may not be the best thing, it's something that can happen very naturally. And so that's why when you see it happen in real life or when you see it happen in film and, and it plays out just so consistently and when it comes out in such a way where it's just almost unrealistic, you're like, okay, that this is you you're trying to compensate for something here there's obviously something lacking here that you're trying to compensate for and in this case it, it's it's a good story it's a good movie that it's trying to compensate for uh, i saw someone mention the box office that's why i'm highlighting this one uh it's going to make less than 22 million at the box office so the projections i last saw for them film was it was supposed to make around i think 25 million dollars this weekend i don't know if that has been updated uh, Baba Yogi says lots of uh, lots of buffering on Odyssey. I'm sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that over there. If they're having issues, it is live on uh, YouTube, on D Live, and also on Periscope. So there are other platforms you can go to if you so wish. That's why I love doing multiple platforms because if I get taken down on one, if there's issues on one, people have other uh, people have other options available. But let me actually see if they've done an update to the. Uh, forecast for this movie. Let's see. Forecast and tracking. Let's see if they've done. Yeah, the last update that Box Office Pro did was on Friday. And according to their numbers, the film theoretically will make around either $25 million or $26.7 million. And those are all based off of the trends from previous films. So if you use the same multiplier that the original Suicide Squad had... Uh, and obviously that film made a lot more because it was non-pandemic times. You, if you use the same multiplier, meaning like how much it makes the days after as well, then the film, based on the numbers that we have for the, what, $3.8 million or $4.1 million it made on Thursday, would mean that the film would make twenty six point seven in the opening weekend. And if you follow the same tracking that Black Widow had, if you look at the same multiplier for Black Widow, you end up getting to around $25 million. So that seems likely to be the case i have not looked at any other numbers i know that sometimes normally box office pro will do like an update like a saturday a.m update um let me see deadline i think sometimes will do that in their box office tracking and uh let me try and see if if i can find that real quick all right so there is a update here it looks like so they expected to make 70 million dollars worldwide so they expected to make $70 million worldwide. 
And uh, let's see. It says Saturday AM update. Suicide Squad is coming in at 12.1 million opening day at 4,000 theaters, which includes 4.1 million. So that means that Thursday and Friday together, it's made $12.1 million. It then says for what will be an industry estimated three day in the mid to high $20 million range, which is under the $30 million that Warner Brothers was eyeing. Um, and it was looking to try and be similar to Birds of Prey, which, remember, made only $33 million in its opening weekend. So this film is already going to make less than Birds of Prey did. And this film cost a lot more. I, I don't know how much more, because I can't remember how much Birds of Prey cost. But remember, the Suicide, the suicide Squad cost $185 million. If this film only makes $70 million worldwide in its opening weekend, and it's always going to be just the law of diminishing returns over time, there's no way this film can make money. Like, this film is, and I mentioned this even before the weekend, based on those the estimates that we were getting beforehand. And, and they actually dropped off. The estimates dropped off. This film was expected to make a lot more than $25 million. There's just no way that this film can make money at this point. So, and that's just a fact. Whether you like the film or not is totally uh, not important to to this fact. You know, numbers don't lie in this instance. So yeah, Jacques Swab over on Odyssey says, I think it's worth also worth considering the timing. Any other year, this would be called fine, probably received the same as Suicide Squad. But when you've been crawling through the desert for days, the dirty puddle uh, suddenly seems very appealing. And I think that's a great example, Jacques Swab. And I, I know that this is something that uh, people like Jeremy, Geese and Gamers, and other people have brought up, that... You know, for them, the standard is not woke. That That's the standard. And again, I've already worded and expre- expressed my my issues with, with that mindset because I think that we need to ask and, and desire more than just that. But I do understand why there are a lot of movies now coming out that people are being drawn to, right? First, it was Tomorrow War, and now it's The Suicide Squad. And in the end of the day, though, again, that's kind of going back to the conversation that I was talking about at the very beginning it's still a dirty puddle, right? It's still a dirty puddle that you shouldn't be drinking from. But if you've been going through the wilderness that is the time of COVID and and the Hollywood nonsense, it makes a lot of sense as to why a lot of people would be drawn to a movie like this, even though it's not a very good film. So yeah, I think that's a very great explanation. Uh, Orange Eye Reviews, uh, Green Knight at this point can only be found in theaters. Can only be found in theaters. Uh, 70B says, don't speak of the... Is that the caterpillar coup or something? <laughs> oh, no. It's it's something where you, you can't you can't really... Uh, you, you don't get taken down really for that anymore. It's interesting how the rules are always changing. You can mention the name now. You can, you can say COVID now. Uh, you just can't say anything unless you preface it by saying, I'm not a medical expert basically. But, hey, it is what it is. (laughs) All right. Let us see. Uh, Slice of Neons, he tagged to say, you did not enjoy Wolfwalker? Curious. Been meaning to see it, uh, but I have no Apple TV. I had an Apple TV trial for a while when I got my uh, iPhone before Baby Thor was born. And I tried watching it, and I just stopped. I was like, 20 or 30 minutes into it and I just wasn't digging it and I'm like okay I'm done so yeah it just wasn't really my cup of tea again not to say that you wouldn't enjoy it but for me it just the story was not interesting enough to keep me watching 
Let's see. Evan S. says, I'm really looking forward to seeing Free Guy next week. And I think that's another film where we have to be kind of careful with because I can see that also being a film where people go to see it and people end up trying to treat it in the same way that they have treated these other films. And I think it's something that we, again, need to be careful because there are good films that are coming out that are not woke. There are great films that are coming out this year. They're not many, but they are still coming out. Those are the films that we should talk about and promote. In fact, I just bought, I finally saw Wrath of Man with Jason Statham the other day. Uh, Another great film that just came out this year, actually. It's not in theaters anymore because it's available on Blu-ray. I've bought four copies of that movie because I'm going to give three of them away. Um, And at the end of the day, it's something where that's the kind of stuff that I think we need to do is we need to promote and, 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 and talk about and send people to go see really good films that also happen to not be woke. But we also need to, again, try to do our best to do that. But if we're going to promote movies and try and give money to films that are still made by these, these crap companies and are not good films and are just throwaway films, really, films that are really a studio and a director assuming that you're not smart enough to see the issues... And not, and not paying attention enough to see that they're giving you a half-baked idea and a half-baked concept. Again, I, th- I think that we, we, we deserve better. <laughs> we as audiences deserve better. And I think that if we're going to consume stuff, we should, again, really push people to really solid, well-done, and well-made movies. And also, it's really exciting, to, uh, talking about Wrath of Man for a second, it's really exciting to see that he has made two great films two years in a row. Now, I think The Gentleman is a better film. That's a film I gave a solid A to. I gave Wrath of Man an A-, minus, but Wrath of Man is still a good film. The opening scene alone had me hooked because of the cinematography in that movie. It's just fantastic. It was phenomenal. Uh, Dan Dan, welcome to the chat. Glad to see you here. Um, let's see. Punk Waddle, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Hail to you, good sir. Regar Targaryen tagged to say, we should place bets on whether they will start calling Justice League 2 the Justice League instead because DCEU reboot is coming. Oh, man, yeah. And I, I would say no one should really be excited for the future of the DCEU because if you looked at anything going on with that Flash movie, there's so many things to be concerned about. I mean, there's some things to be excited about, but just look up the writer. That's what I'll say about that. Look up the writer. (laughs) She's the same writer of Birds of Prey. And she's writing the Flash movie. So, again, I I think that alone should have anyone who knows anything about that film or any of the other films that she's done concern. Here in CFS says, would you call the movie a soft reboot? No, it's a sequel. It is a sequel. There's no other word for it. When you have the same actors playing the same characters in two movies, and this is a film that happens after, that's a sequel. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's it's just, there's no other way really to word it. And that's one of the issues, as I said, with the story is that it's trying to be both, but you can't. You can't be both. All right. Oh, uh, Will Gentry, what's going on? Good, sir. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, Evan S. tagged to say, let's just bring back the Sons of Hercules franchise. Never seen that. Don't know much about it, to be honest. Uh, Daniel Thorne over on DLive. What's going on, DLive fam? Pineapple on pizza beats haggis on pizza. 
To be honest, I think I would rather try haggis on pizza than uh, pizza than pineapple. Because remember, pineapple is anathema. Pineapple is anathema. Uh, Immolation FR. Sorry it took me 12 minutes to get to this, but I wanted to highlight it on the screen, and that was the only way I could do it. So Immolation FR, thank you very much for the $5 Sasa Super Chat. It says here, new to the channel, do you have a preferred genre? What is your favorite film in that genre? And what is your favorite guilty pleasure movie? Well, thank you for being new to the channel, good sir. Uh, favorite genre, I would probably say, would be action. I like action films. I I like, I, I don't really have a favorite genre, to be honest. I just love movies. The only genre I can say I don't like is horror, typically. Uh, horror is not typically a genre I enjoy, mostly because a lot of modern day horror films rely so much on jump scares, and I hate jump scares. I, I just not my thing. I don't like getting scared. It, it's not something I know a lot of people like that. I don't, and so I, I tend to stay away from horror for the most part. But yeah, pretty much any genre is going to be typically in my in my wheelhouse, to be honest. Um, and they really goes down to as far as favorite films are concerned. My top three favorite of all time are usually Casablanca, 12 Angry Men, It's a Wonderful Life. Those are usually the three I go with. But then you can talk about having in the discussion films like Back to the Future, which, again, is also one of my favorite films of all time. You can also bring up more modern films. So modern favorites like Nightcrawler, Whiplash, The Dark Knight. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of movies that can really fall into that category. It's one of the hardest things to answer. When when you're someone that reviews movies and watches so many movies and as many movies as you can, it's always difficult to really start talking to, about your favorites. But Immolation, thank you very much for that super chat, man. I appreciate it. Daniel Thorne is very lonely over on DLive. I'm very sorry to see that, man. <laughs> uh, Toro, what's going on? Thanks for being here. Let's see. Tina says, no, a movie I think is called F has the most F-bonds. I looked it up. Really? Maybe it was the most in a mainstream movie because <laughs> that sounds like it's probably like one of those independent films that was just made so that it could set a record versus like an actual, <laughs> you know, decent budget, well-made movie. Uh, Vivid Hobbit Taddy say, Jennifer Aniston cutting ties with unvaccinated friends. Song for jabbed people only. I'll be there for you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's just so ridiculous. Anyone that feels that way, it's like, no, no, no. You you can have whatever thought you want about your own life and health, but when you start to try and make other people feel bad for making these choices, when <laughs> it's interesting because I would love to have heard her thoughts about this vaccine when Trump was president. Guarantee you it would have been different. I, I was listening to a podcast earlier, and they played a bunch of clips of Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, and so many others when Trump was still president, same vaccines, the same exact vaccines that are out right now that they're all promoting. And they were like, Oh, I don't, I don't think I would get that. I don't think I would get that. I wouldn't trust that. Blah, 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 blah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Hypocrisy. But anyway, uh, let's see. Legit 36. Welcome back to the chat. Glad to have you here. Appreciate it. Let us see. Andrew Hoyle, who is a member, says, won't make money and has spawned a John Zena spinoff TV show. <laughs> yeah. So I guess this is kind of a spoiler talk for the next uh, minute or so. If you um, care at all about knowing anything about this movie, you have been warned. So anyway, uh, when I put my hand down, it's when I'm stopped talking about it, if you care. 
So basically, at the end of the film, uh, John Cena's character gets killed at the end of the movie. But, and this is something that, again, I could have predicted because the whole film was nothing but subversion of expectations. And so one of the things that I predicted was, I bet he's not dead. Just like in the beginning of the film, when they pulled up and the stupid CGI-looking <laughs> weasel died, which, was again, was a waste of money on a terribly rendered CGI character. I was like, oh, that, that character's probably not dead either. And to be honest, I thought that a lot of the other characters, other than the ones that got their faces blown off, were probably, you know, might still be alive, might still survive this. But, yeah, so when John Cena came back, I'm like, oh, okay. And, yeah, basically, it's all to set up for a, a HBO Max series. So, yeah, I'm sure everyone out there who is already a huge fan of John Cena, whoever those people are, <laughs> are really going to want to go see this this new show featuring John Cena. Anyway. End of spoiler talk. Uh, Slash Neon Stag to say, has any big budget movie made its money back this year? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, big budget movie? I guess it depends on how we define big budget. Let me pull up my box office tracking list real quick. Let me pull up my handy dandy chart real quick. So let's see. We have had films... Yeah, all the films that have had $200 million budgets have basically fallen apart and have not made their money back this year. Let's see, which one had $155 million? That's not looking very good. Yeah. um, So there are some films that it could be argued made their money back. So films like Godzilla vs. Kong, for instance... It made $436 million worldwide, which would mean that based on the actual um, cost of the movie, the film would have made $29 million in gains and profits. The problem is, is China. The vast majority of its money, or huge rather, like a third at least of its entire box office gross was in China, and they only get 25% of those Chinese receipts. So... If you take that into account, that $29.5 million very quickly um, goes away. Very, very quickly goes away. Another movie that one could argue made money this year at a big budget would be also Fast 9, which made $623-plus million worldwide to a $74 million net gain. But again, big issue, $215 million of that $623 was made in China, meaning they only get about $50 million from China. So that number drops off. That's like, again, 150 plus million dollars that's no longer <laughs> being accounted for. So that $74 million really goes away very, very quickly. So, yeah, at this point, there have not been any 150 plus million dollar films that have made their money back with any sense of certainty. I think, again, arguments could theoretically be made for some movies, but it's very hard to really justify that when you look at the actual data that's available and also the basic knowledge that we have of how much a movie typically will make in, a, in various countries across the world. So yeah, at this point, I don't think any have actually made their money back. And it is again, something that is very, very much appropriate for what's going on right now, because you have all of these films coming out and the, it's a clear example of how studios probably aren't going to change their minds and are not going to change their philosophies anytime soon. And that philosophy is, let's just throw a bunch of money at it, and it'll make money. And it's worked very well. 
I mean, I mean, think about all of the big budget films that have come out that have made money that have not been good. It's been a very profitable model for a lot of these studios. The issue, though, is that because of theaters being shut down, because of the mindset of people right now, especially, they can't rely on that anymore. And even experts have said that the box office will not be back to 2019 levels, which was already at, I believe, an all-time low, will not be back at that level until 2023 or 2024. So if that's still the case, that means that for the next year, two years, any film coming out north of a $100, $150 million production budget is not going to make its money back. And there are a few films coming out that I want to be successful. But I'm also a realist. I'm also someone that looks at the numbers, and I'm also someone that tries to make sense of the numbers as best I can. And it's not looking good. I would love for Top Gun 2 to be able to make money if it's a good film. Still have to see that movie. Trailers have looked great. Still has to be a good movie, though. Because a movie can have a great trailer but not be good. So that's one that I'm really hoping lives up to the hype that the trailer has presented. But that's a film that's costing a lot of money. Might not make its money back. Films like Dune as well. You all know I'm a huge fan of Denis Villeneuve. Steph's going to have fun, uh, once again, making fun of me for, for, the, <laughs> for, the, for the name. But it's just so incredibly interesting that you have these films coming out. And again, I want them to do well. I want them to succeed. But at the end of the day... The numbers are what they are. Can't change them. See, Laura tagged to say, Tomorrow War is way better than Suicide Squad. I will say, I would much rather watch Tomorrow War again than The Suicide Squad. That is absolutely true. I would much rather watch Tomorrow War. Whether it's better or not, I think think there could be a debate on that one, to be honest. One would have to develop a point system based on objective qualities in film to have an actual, like, legitimate answer. Um, <laughs> but I understand the general sentiment because I do feel the same way subjectively. Uh, Toro says that you were sent here, uh, sent me a weird blue highlighted message about others being able to see that I'm subscribed to your channel. Yeah, so Toro, basically, I don't know why they're doing that, but there's a setting now where. Anyone on YouTube can have a chat set to subscribers only. And one of the reasons why I have it set to subscribers only is because I think that it's a good way of stopping trolls and bots because you have to be subscribed for about five minutes before you can comment. But then the weird thing, and this is something that it was brought up last stream too. For some reason, YouTube is treating it like it's this huge deal. Oh no, people are going to see that you're subscribed to the channel. It's like, well, yeah, most people in the chat are only going to be there because they're subscribed to the channel. It, it just is so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, that that's the reason why. I don't know why YouTube is doing that. But uh, the reason why is because I do have subscriber mode turned on to try and stop any uh, trolls just randomly coming in and spamming and stuff like that. Uh, Legit36 wasn't a fan of Suicide Squad at seven-year-old humor. Legit36, yeah. I, I think that's, that is a fair criticism. It is incredibly immature humor. Now... There are times and there are films that are much better made where I can enjoy that type of humor because the rest of the film complements it, but this is just not one of them. You know, it'd be like, for instance, a film like any of the Jackass films, for instance, right? I think those films are, are, are really funny. I, I thoroughly enjoy myself with those movies, even though they are incredibly immature. Um, but those are also not the same thing because they're not 
uh, fictional stories. They're not worlds being created and characters being developed. They're real people doing crazy stuff. And not everyone likes that. You know? And so, because there's that huge difference, it's it's hard to compare them. But that's, again, something that I think of as far as, like, comedy styles are concerned. Being, at least that being somewhat similar. Let's see. Punkwaddle says, Non-woke movies are better, but that doesn't mean that they will be timeless classics. Well, that's just the thing, though, is that what do we mean by better? Again, I think it's good that there are films that are not woke. But guess what? That's been every year there are films that come out. And every year into the future, there are going to be more films that come out that are not woke. But we shouldn't just support a film because it's not woke. We should support films that are good. Simple as that. We should support films that are good. We should support films that tell really great stories. We should support films that are genuinely funny and do a really good job at developing characters in a lot of different ways. But... Yeah, I think that that is something for sure that, and that's again why I've bought several copies of Wrath of Man, because it's a film that I took me a while to go see this year, and it's a film that came out this year, and it's a really solid movie, and I want other people to be able to experience it. So not only am I going to be telling people about it and that they should try to find it and watch it, I'm also going to be giving it away so that people can watch it, you know, and that's the kind of stuff I think that we should be doing uh, and promoting those kinds of things. Uh, Laura Story tagged to say, the rules constantly change the uh, change to suppress speech. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely they do. Things that were never offensive one day become offensive. Uh, Matthew Highland says, I never knew The Prestige was a book until yesterday. Yeah, I, th- I want to say it's uh, Tina who usually brings that up. And it's one of those situations where Tina uh, believes, because I haven't read the book, that the movie's better than the book. The movie does a better job than the book, which is interesting. Punk Waddle says, Free Guy looked fun before it was delayed for so long. Yeah, and that's another issue that pops up, I think, is that there are so many movies that are set to come out that were supposed to come out years ago, and the issue is that a lot of times films are made for a time. Films are made for a certain time, made for a certain environment. You know, what people are feeling, what what's going on with the time and with the culture. So if you just get delayed even by a year or two, you're looking at a huge shift. And not just a, not just that, but also when people are being locked in their homes, are being forced to wear masks, are, are, are being treated like animals in a lot of ways, that's going to change the culture. That's going to change the mindset of people. And that's going to have a huge impact as well, right? Because remember, the logic that a lot of people use when sports came back was that Oh, well, sports should be doing really well because everyone's at home and they want to be able to escape. And yet people didn't. Now, obviously, that's because of a lot of the sports being woke and, you know, focusing on politics more than anything else. But people even didn't watch the sport, didn't watch sports because there were no crowds. Right. It, it changed everything. It reminded them of what was going on. It was something that they were not able to sit down and be able to enjoy. So that's another element that I think is not talked about as much because it really is this almost this X factor. It's this thing that can't be quantified. It's this thing that can't be fully explained or understood. It's something that can't be guaranteed, right? It can't be guaranteed. Anyway, uh, Force of Light Entertainment. I may watch Wrath of Man. I would recommend it, Force of Light Entertainment. I would definitely recommend it. You know, there's nothing too special about it. You know, it's not completely, you know, groundbreaking material. It's just a solid movie. Just a very solid movie. Uh, Hyperion, what's going on? Just says, oh no. Welcome to the chat. 
See, Laura's story says, I loved Guy Ritchie's Sherlock movie. Yeah, I think that Guy Ritchie did a solid job with those movies. But he also, <laughs> we can't forget, we cannot forget, he also made live-action Aladdin. I don't know how he made that movie. It doesn't look anything like any other film he's ever made. So how much of that film was really him, I don't know. But man, oh man. Oh, never forget that. <laughs> but guess what? He can still make pretty good films. I understand that reference legit. <laughs> Getting scared is tight. Wow, 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 wow. Evan S. says, since I got to talk, since I got the talk started about haggis, it's classified as a superfood because of the organ meat. It's sad we can't have lung in the haggis here in the United States. Is it sad? <laughs> Just you saying we can't have lung in the haggis? Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> Let's see, uh, Tina B says, well, Hamill thinks, thinks you should have a Vax ID to vote, but he doesn't believe in legal voter ID, but Hamill's an idiot. Oh, yeah, that's just so ridiculous. I mean, it's so sad how far Mark Hamill has fallen off the rails. It's just so sad. I, there we go. This is someone that was a wrestling fan, and I'm going to respond to your Let's Go Cena with Cena sucks. I get that. Yes, Andy Q, I don't, I don't blame you. You're not missing a whole lot. Yeah, Laura, I agree. And it was just it was just badly designed. Like people think when I say badly designed that it's me saying that it didn't look very good as a weasel. It's like, no, 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 it just didn't look good. It just did not look good. And the CGI was not realistic. Not 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 in just the design, just in the the presentation either. It was a waste of money. And I mentioned this in my review. They could have made a real life character based on the comics they could have brought in any other character and they could have saved a lot of money not having to render those effects and not having to put this worthless thing into the movie but no they didn't do that uh so this is a spoiler for anyone uh who cares but again it's the very beginning of the film so it's not really doing much um but yeah i, I would but again that is something where a lot of people are going to enjoy that for very subjective reasons <laughs> Oh, man. Let us see. Remember, if you have a comment or question, put at Odin at the very beginning. We've got about 10 minutes left. Let's see. Joey Horn, thanks for being in the chat. Appreciate you being here. Do, 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 do. Looking for at Odin's and members. So let's see. Punk Waddle says, I like the fan-made recut of Sleepless in Seattle trailer that made it look like a suspense movie. There's a great recut of the movie Biggs trailer. And it makes it look like a horror film. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right, hopping over to Odyssey for a second. Jacques Lesuave, thank you for tagging once again, says, when I'm laughing 10 times more during a two-minute Kyle Dunnigan skit than I am during the entirety of a big-budget comedy movie, then I think it shows Hollywood probably isn't the future anymore thoughts. That's a great, great point, Jacques Lesuave. That is a solid point. And I would be interested to hear anyone respond to it. And that, that's true. Think about if you watch Friday Night Tides especially, or if you follow Kyle Dunnigan's channel already, how many times and how much you laugh during those short skits he does. And then think about how many times you honestly laughed during Suicide Squad or any other big budget comedy that has come out over the last few years. I think that says a lot about the creativity going on in these movies. And that's why, for me, it's it's really hard to qualify and to quantify 
That's a fun thing to say. Qualify and to quantify the Suicide Squad as being a comedy. It's actually really hard to justify it as a comedy when you bring that up. Because even if people thought those jokes were funny, it'd be interesting to, to hear if they are also a fan of Kyle Dunnigan. Did the, do they laugh more or have they laughed more at a Kyle Dunnigan skit, short, compressed, over this huge movie with massive budgets, massive quote-unquote talents? I think that says a lot. That speaks volumes. So Jean-Claude Suave, that's a solid comment over on uh, over on Odyssey. So thank you for that. And I, I think you're spot on, dude. I think you're spot on. Uh, let's see. Rob D. Tagged to say, Odin 2019 was an all-time high for the box office. What movie came out that year that didn't hit a billion? No, um, no, 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 no. So it wasn't an all-time high. And that was something that was I, I was confused by that as well because there were a lot of huge hits that year, but that meant all of the other films that came out didn't make as much money, and so you can't just look at the tops; you got to also look at the bottoms, and those start to pull themselves down. And when you actually take that into account, the money was not nearly as much. So, um, yeah, 2019 was not the biggest because also you have to adjust for inflation as well. And that's the other thing that a lot of people oftentimes forget is they'll look at the raw numbers from given years, but then they won't actually adjust those numbers for inflation. So I want to say it had dropped 10% from the previous year was the last number I can remember for 2019. It's been a long time since we were at those times, and it's going to be a long time before we're back at those times again. And based on what we're seeing from Hollywood right now, they're not interested in helping out theaters. They're not interested in, in pushing people back to theaters. They would much rather do anything else. Uh, Baba Yogi, I've seen this a couple times. The tag is at Odin. Baba Yogi, the tag is at Odin. <laughs> Please. I was more lenient at the very beginning when I changed it, but you've been around long enough to know it's at Odin at this point. Uh, Andrew Hoyle, what's going on? Says, Denis Villeneuve. Yes, yes, I know. I know. Bivard Hobbit says, what's next for Harley Quinn in the DCEU after three flops in a row? It's a great question. And I just want them to do something different. You know, it's one of those things where I I think Margot Robbie is incredibly talented. As I said, she was in Wolf of Wall Street and she she gave a solid performance in that movie. And then even after that fact, she was in Oh my goodness, what was the name of the film? She was in the film where she played the famous Tanya. She was in I Tanya. She was great in I Tanya. She did a fantastic job in I Tanya. So, she's a very talented actress, but what was really cool to see the first time when she was in the first Suicide Squad as Harley Quinn and then got really annoying and grating by the time Birds of Prey came out. It's just like, at this point, we really just can't, you can't give us the same thing over and over again at this point. Uh, Tainted, welcome to the chat. Sandy Q, who is a member, says, I may have been the only person who really enjoyed Kenneth Branagh's murder on the Orient Express. Was looking forward to his death on the Nile. I think it's delayed another year. Dude, you're not the only one here, man. Sandy Q, I actually enjoyed that film as well. It's not a good film. It's not the best film that's been made. There are some issues with it, but it is quite enjoyable. I, I found myself having fun with that movie. So yeah, I would agree. I, I enjoyed it as well. I think Kenneth Branagh is also one of those uh, people that's very talented, very talented filmmaker. But yeah. And you're not the only one either. I want to say Tina enjoyed it too. Then it just says, I would rather watch The Dirty Dozen or Kelly's Heroes. Nice. Yeah, a lot of people would much rather watch old school stuff. 
for sure. Punk Waddle then says subjectively better. I think you, I forgot what we were talking about at the time, but yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely true for sure. Uh, Father Christopher Miller back in the chat says, am I the only one going to Vegas this week? No, there's tons of people going. Uh, I don't know if anyone here is going, but um, I, I bet that there, I know there's tons of other people going in various communities. Let's see. Legit 36. That's true. In a different context, immature humor can work, but not for Suicide Squad. Also, I watched Enemy and safe to say the ending kind of confused me. Uh, Legit 36. Yeah. Enemy is a film which is easily a love-hate because it is incredibly artistic. It is... <laughs> it has a lot of layers to it. Essentially, I would recommend if you want help on that, there is... I want to say it was... Uh, before Chris Stuckman kind of went off the rails, uh, back 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 when Chris Stuckman was really good, um, <laughs> he actually had, I believe, it was a, a breakdown of Enemy. And it's actually a really good breakdown. It really helps to explain and to understand a lot of the things that were going on. And I think if you go into the film a second time, especially with all of the knowledge, you start to, oh, notice things going on. And I think it definitely helps um, with the enjoyment of the movie. So, But yeah, I, I totally understand where you're coming from on that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Punk Waddle uh, says, is anyone else having issues connecting with the chat today? Oh, I don't know, Punk Waddle. I haven't heard anyone else say anything about it, but. All right, we have a few minutes left, so we need to uh, start to slow things down a little bit. Uh, I wasn't tagged in this, but uh, someone asked about Shang-Chi. It's not going to make money. There's just no way that films can make money. That's another, two hundred, I think, $200 million film. And whereas Black Widow had an actress and a character that had been developed for years and actually had a fan base. Now we're dealing with a brand new character, not really anyone familiar that anyone's going to be able to gravitate to. And it's going to fall into the same problems. I mean, look at the more recent Disney films that have come out. Look at the films like Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise, I mean, we'll finally get the total week two numbers tomorrow. That film is going to end up losing like $150 million or so. Uh, it's going to be very hard, even though it's the people are going to argue, but it's a Marvel film. It's the MCU. And yeah, there, there might be some truth to that film. May, maybe doing better than a film like Jungle Cruise, even though Jungle Cruise, you could argue, well, has Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Obviously, that's not enough. And I would say that just it being a Marvel film is not going to be enough at this point. So, yeah. Uh, Laura Story says, have fun storming the castle. Have a great night. Laura, thank you for being here. Appreciate the love and support. Punk Waddle, you enjoy your food, and thank you very much for stopping by. Uh, Mark Lisseth, what's going on, dude? Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, Guy Ritchie also did uh, live-action Aladdin as well. Yeah, so he, he's made great films, though, right? Because he's made uh, The Gentleman, which was my favorite film of last year. He made Wrath of Man, which was my one of my favorite films of this year. And then one of the films I'm going to give away at some point to my Army of Asgard members and above, I'm Patreon subscribes to our locals, is Snatch. Uh, there's a, a 4K steelbook of Snatch. And that's kind of the film that really put him on that. A lot of people maybe go back to Lock, you know, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Snatch is the one that I think a lot of people are like, okay, this is, this is the one that a lot of people usually gravitate to as being one of their favorites of his earlier films. 
Rob D says, in regards to certain movies reflecting times, the movie Unhinged was definitely made to reflect current times. <laughs> I've still not watched Unhinged. I'm still waiting to do a watch party with Tina. I want I want Tina to watch that movie because I know how much she loves Russell Crowe. Uh, JKDMX76, what's your favorite sci-fi movie? Oh, man. Yeah, you kind of have to go with a film like Aliens. I think Aliens is definitely up there. Um, more modern, I would say the film Serenity based on Firefly. I just love the story. I just love the characters, the actors, everything like that. Yes. Yes, Andy Clue. Yes, Andy Q. Wow, 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 wow. Tina V, you know what Unhinged is. It's the movie with your boy, Russell Crowe, when he gets the road rage. <laughs> um, by the way, sorry it took me a while. Wicked Plumber, 12 minutes ago. Thank you incredibly for the $20 Sasa Super sticker. And I wanted to wait because I know that super stickers always get these really crazy explanations over on Restream. So it says here, pair character dancing under a rain of confetti and taking his hat off to say, you are amazing. Well, thank you, Wicked Plumber, for that sticker. I appreciate it. And uh, you're amazing. And thank you again for being here. Uh, let me check over on Odyssey before I head out if there's anyone that tagged me. I don't see it. Odyssey fam, thank you all for being here. Make sure y'all light up that fire button before y'all head out. But I'm going to finish up some comments over here on YouTube. And then we will call it a night. So let's see what's going on in the comments that were left. Rosie G12 says, Mark Hamill's antics smacks of him pandering to who he deems are the relevant crowd and people who can give him roles. And it's sad. It really is. Because he is he's just someone who should be so much better. Uh, JWS76 coming in. John China is dead to me. Yeah, I know a lot of people who feel that way, for sure. Uh, Sahil, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Just Joe 47 thank you for being here. <laughs> exactly. Yes, Just Joe. Yes, I agree. Finally got into... Uh, started watching AEW. I watched the most recent episode because apparently one of my all-time favorite wrestlers of the modern era, CM Punk, is joining AEW. There's a rumor also that Daniel Bryan's going to be joining them. And there's a lot of other contracts that are like almost up. Like WWE, like they were already trash before the pandemic. Like they were just every year just going down, down, down. When you look at their list of, of, of talent that they've lost over the last year and a half, oh my goodness, they've lost almost everyone. They've lost almost everyone. So I, I've given up on them essentially completely. But uh, I'm willing to give AEW a try just so that I can try and be in the best place possible to try and watch their uh, upcoming pay-per-view next week. I think it's next week where they're going to come. Because, uh, yeah, CM Punk coming back in Chicago to wrestling. Oh, my goodness. The pop on that's going to be insane. Uh, Joey Horn says, I love your pizza time shirt. Thank you, Joey Horn. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, and thank you thank you for the plug. Yeah, I do have some shirts. Uh, you can check out the links in the description. Uh, the top link will bring you to all of the different links, uh, my social media pages, places you can follow me, places you can support the channel. I do have a Teespring store. And yeah, there's a lot of fun shirts there. There's also a Pineapple on Pizza is Anathema shirt, which I am very proud of. But yeah, thank you, Joey Horn. Appreciate it. Uh, JakeyDebuck76 says, i like to see sleeveless in Seattle. About a couple wearing sleeveless shirts. Maybe they cool, maybe they cool ink. Good muscle tone. The options are endless. Oh my goodness. I think I think he's gone crazy. <laughs> I think JKD Buck has finally gone insane. Gormacal79, what's going on, dude? Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a member. We are wrapping things up here. Uh Baba Baba Yogi, it's okay, dude. It's okay, man. 
General Wingster tagged to say, oh, dang, dang you. General Wingster, you got me. You got me. You tricked me, you troll. Uh, Sandy Q, Harley Quinn equals such a waste of a good character and a good actress. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. There was so much potential there, and it's just been wasted. Raj H., thank you, as always, for a super sticker. Thumbs up, man. Appreciate that. Always appreciate you coming in, dropping those super thumbs up button things. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> oh, my my voice is just slowly going. Jacob X76 says, Junk Hole Snooze. Yeah. According to a lot of people who've actually watched it, I still don't want to. I know there's some people who are like, please watch it so we don't have to and review it. It's like, I don't want to, though. I really just don't I want to save my sanity. Uh, Father, it was a good movie. You don't have to enjoy it, but it was a good movie. It was well made. It was definitely a well-made film. CGI was also pretty pretty stellar as well. Especially for the budget they had. Um, Let's see. Alright, I believe that is now everyone. So again, thank you all very much for the love and support tonight. Please make sure that you tip the Valkyries on the way out. Shout out to Tina and Steph for always being amazing. Uh, and again, thank you all both for spending all the time that you do with me. It's insane. Every time I make the episode names... I'm like, oh my goodness, we've been doing this, because episode 272, that's the number since I started to actually like count the shows, but there are so many other live streams that are prior to that counting, so I just think about how we're probably close to closer to 300 streams, and I think about how Steph has been with me for the vast majority of them, Tina has been with me almost as long. And the amount of time and the, the way you can always check, too, is, is whenever they do their cookie count, you know, it also will, will say their hours as well. And it's just they, they dedicate so much time and, and attention that it, it really is something where I don't think y'all realize just how amazing these two women are and how much they mean to me and how much they do for this channel just just by their presence here. So, again, a huge shout out to Tina and Steph for being amazing and for all the love and all the support and for uh, always being here to to support me. And I always love seeing y'all's comments and, and reading y'all's conversations in the chat as well. Um, and me and Tina will be on a stream tomorrow because, yeah, tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern, Chosen of Valhalla live stream where I'll have my chosen members at the um, on, over on Patreon subscribe star join me in conversations about anything that they want to talk about. And it will be a lot of fun, as it normally is. Hopefully my voice will hold out, and we'll see how things go. Uh, but yeah, thank y'all very much. Love y'all, Stephanie V, Tina V. Y'all are indeed amazing. So again, show some love to the mods. Show some love to the Valks, because they are truly amazing and fantastic. Anyway, um, that's going to be it for me tonight. Thank you all very much for the love. Make sure y'all smash that like button before y'all head out. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching tonight. Everyone who donated tonight as well. Again, um, whatever it is, whether you gave your time or money, time is an incredibly precious thing, the most precious thing that we have. And so even if you were just here watching and liking, again, it means the world to me. So thank you very much. I do need to set something up real quick, so I'll try and uh, keep on talking to fill as much time as I can. Just want to make sure that this is set to the right video. Uh, it looks like it is set to the right video, which is fantastic. I guess I must have done that, not even realizing that I had done it. Uh, but 
I will say this much because the video has not been updated yet. I do want to give a shout out. Sandy Q, yes, it's super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Thank you. God, I'm so glad that that is something that um, <laughs> we can enjoy together. Uh, but I do want to shout out a few people or a couple people who are Patreon members. I've not updated my video yet. So I want to shout out Hannibal Grimm. Thank you, Hannibal Grimm, for being a new member over on Patreon. And also Christopher Bowman for also being a new member on Patreon as well. Thank you, guys. You guys are amazing. Have a wonderful rest of your Saturday, wonderful rest of your evening, and uh, hopefully see you all tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern time on the channel. Love you guys. Wonderful night. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my August locals, Patreon, and subscribe star members. Starting off with my locals crew, Cat's App, The Real It, D Sharp, Bifford the Hobbit, Robert Barnes, and Goblin Squatch. Thank you all very much for supporting me over on Locals. And now on to my Patreon members, Andrew Hoyle, Brian P., Christopher Bowman, Dion, Don Bruno de la Mancha, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father. Father Damien Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, Lance, Laura, the Modern Major General's Story, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Allen, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. Thank you very much for supporting me over on Patreon. And lastly, to my subscribe star peeps, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, John B, Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, slash the new number two, J-Rod the Beer Guru, and ZK Man. Thank you all very much for supporting me on Subscribestar. And to everyone for supporting me on these platforms. Also, a shout-out to all of my YouTube members. You get shout-out at the end of every single live stream. And if you want to have your name shouted out at the end of every live stream and every video, please check out my Locals Patreon subscribe star. Uh, and you can go ahead and find those links in the top link of this description. You can find it's called the Willow link, and it'll have a list to literally all of the social media platforms and all of the different ways that you can support the channel. If you join at the $1 level, you can actually get your name shouted out at the end of every single video and live stream. $5 level, gives you that plus you get access to exclusive giveaways of 4k titles right now i've got tons of 4k steelbooks to give away this month including for top gun i also have a quiet place part two i have snatch on 4k the john wick trilogy on 4k and also i have a sicario 4k disc as well and a bunch of others that are going to be coming in this month too so if you want to have access to any of those types of exclusive giveaways join at the army of asgard level at the ten dollar level the keeper of the bifrost level you get all of that plus you get access to exclusive behind the scenes videos including instant reactions when i go to see movies i do quick little filmings of myself and talk about the films that i have seen and my instant reaction to that you also get access to an exclusive podcast that i do with john John the Flick Pick Flickinger once or twice a month, and you get to also ask us any question that you want. We put a Q&A post up, and you get to ask us what whatever it is that you want to ask. So, again, if that sounds cool to you, keep it the Bifrost level. And lastly, there is the Chosen of Valhalla level, where you get all that stuff. Plus, in your first month as a Chosen of Valhalla member, you get a free t-shirt. Your choice. Ship it anywhere in the world. And also, you get to once a month be featured on the OMB Reviews channel, and you get to... Talk with me. We usually chill out for three to four hours, and I 
like ask everyone what they've been watching, what they want to talk about, what they want to promote, and it's always a really good time. And so if that sounds interesting to you, please consider joining. Uh, that is going to be on Subscribestar and on Patreon only, as Locals is just the keeper of the Bifrost level. But anyway, thank you all very much for your time, for your support, and for listening to this shout-out video. You're all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.